0: the Masculine Journey starts here, now. Welcome to The Masculine Journey, and we're so excited you're joining us today. We've got a, a little different cast of characters today because, <laughs> well, to, to start off with, there's there, we really have some sad news. Uh, Vinny Menino, who, you know, one of our stars, we love him, uh, his wife uh, was taken to hospice this week, and so he is with her and... There in our prayers. Um, it doesn't look like she's going to make it. So um, Vinny has got lots of struggles besides being blind and all that. But we do have a movie from the Vinny Vault that we're going to use today that <laughs> was made in 1930. And so we're going to get to that in a minute. And also Sam uh, isn't with us because is, his son is, is having surgery. So it's, 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 it's one Jim and I. And it's interesting that one of the heroes of today's show is Jiminy Cricket, and we have Jim right here with us. And you never thought of Jim as Jiminy. And I remember Oh, I bet you do. So tonight's show, if you're wondering, yes, we're, I mean, not tonight, today's show, is, I get confused at times, but anyway, today's show, we are talking about soothing the savage conscience. What does that look like? Well... I've been reading this book, The Full Armor, The Christian in Full Armor by William Gurnall. And this, you know, old, old book was written in the um, 17th century, I believe in the 1600s. So he had a, quite a biblical understanding and he, he goes into great detail on certain aspects of the armor that I really had never seen before. And so when he talked about your feet being fitted with the gospel of peace, he went into great depth. I mean, great depth on what that meant to have that kind of peace it would take to have this kind of armor on and the three items that he was talking about where you need this kind of peace and so we're talking about putting armor masculine journey it kind of goes together is is you need peace with God that's number one peace with yourself that's number two and peace with others well that peace with yourself today is kind of what we're talking about because in order to be able to put on these this piece of armor we need peace with ourselves which has to do with soothing the savage conscience And the way he wrote that, he said something fantastic, Jim. He said that soothing your conscience takes as much power as it took for Jesus to come out of the grave because we put such a gravestone Mm -hmm. on our own lives that it takes the power of the Holy Spirit in order to roll it away from the tomb that we often have ourselves in. And I'm hoping we can do some of that rolling tonight. Yeah, so we thought about calling this show True Confessions. Because <laughs> Jim and I have some stuff, man. I, we were talking stories that some of these things bring up and that we have in our own conscience that needs to be, and boy, it started unrolling. And, and so when you hear some of this stuff from us, it might start it with you. But you, first thing we got to do is figure out what a conscience is. And fortunately, we do have Jiminy Cricket here. He was explaining that P- Pinocchio, and, and so it kind of went like this.
1: Well, Pinocchio. <clears throat> Maybe you and I had better have a little heart-to-heart talk. Why? Well, you want to be a real boy, don't you? Uh-huh. All right. Sit down, son. Now, you see, the world is full of temptations. Temptations? Yep, temptations. They're the wrong things that seem right at the time. But, uh, even though the right things may seem wrong sometimes, uh, sometimes the... The wrong things may be right at the wrong time, or uh, vice versa. <clears throat> Understand? Uh-uh. But I'm going to do right. a boy, Pinocchio, and I'm going to help you. <laughs> nice. So there you go. If you need me, you know, just whistle like this.
0: So we're going to do right. I mean, <laughs> it kind of reminds you of Romans 7, just a little bit, doesn't it, Jim, where, where Paul's saying well I want to do this but I do that and and it, that's a struggle. It I've always
2: loved that because Paul sounds like the perfect Christian and when he <laughs> hits that I said, "Oh, I can identify with that." Cuz so, I do.
0: When we start to go down this conscience road that we are going to take you down of the you know a lot of us it's pretty easy to go back to our childhood and pick up things that are still in our conscience that we're dealing with it's when you get a little bit older, it gets a little bit, a little edgier and we're going to get there eventually. But first we got a, we got a little bit lighter fare for you. <laughs> you know, in my case, the, the one that I was relating to Jim, you know, when I was a, about 13 years old, you know, my conscience was, came to work this way. Um, I was supposed to, you know, be at home, being a good kid alone. And my parents left the keys to the car where I knew where they were and I was 13 years old, and uh, they had parked the car in the in the driveway, and I wanted to play basketball, and I couldn't play basketball where the car was, so I figured, well, I'm going to put it in the garage. Well, my father, working for Buick, had this big, beautiful estate wagon, and an estate wagon for Buick in 1968, or whenever that was, uh, had this wood grain that went all the way down the side. It was just beautiful. Well, as I am pulling it into the garage, it rips the... Wood grain clear off the right side and just peels it right up the side and and I'm like oh my word so fortunately or I don't know maybe unfortunately it did not do a lot of damage to the garage it just peeled the wood grain off the car and so I fixed the garage as best I could and and kind of kept the wood grain so it didn't flap or anything and just left it there and hoping that nobody would see it because it was not on the side of the car that you would get in and it was up against the side of the garage so I just left it there said nothing. Well, it wasn't until like three days later that we're sitting at the dinner table and my mother says, you are not going to believe what somebody did to my car at the grocery store today. <laughs> and so I'm like totally off the hook, I think. But I lived with that. I'm still living with it to some extent, right, Jim? I mean, it's, it's still the The things there.
2: that we get away with are going to bother us far more than the things we got caught in.
0: And I mean like 30 years later before I finally told my mother. I was probably in my 40s by the time. And I told her, do you remember that Buick Estate wagon and the wood grain? Because I still didn't have the guts to tell my father yet And until I told my mother. (laughs) She said, I don't know what you're talking about. So I said, well, she doesn't know what I'm talking about. Went to my father. He didn't know what I was talking about. And all these years I have fretted Jim. It's just been unbelievable the amount of guilt that is over this Wood grain issue but you you had a situation like that with your sister in a marble
2: <laughs> I have always felt like I didn't want to hurt anybody and I just had an evil moment and was walking down the hall in our house and I had a marble in my hand and my sister was playing the piano and I think she was about 15 and I was 10 or 11 and I just hauled off and threw it at her and I nailed her in the head, and she stopped playing and started crying. And that was, well, 51 or two years ago. And it came up at Christmas. <laughs> this talking year? to my sister last year. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, she remembered that. And uh, I always, I mean, I have a sweet sister, there's, I mean, that, my older sisters picked on me, but I was a little brother. That's what they're supposed to do. But for some reason, I just decided I was going to get even in that moment, and I, it has bothered me ever since
0: when I think about it, including now. <laughs> so, yeah, there's stuff inside that. And, and, of course, when we have those child experiences that I'm sure everybody listening can relate, and they got stories now that they're coming up with, well, of course, what William Grinnell pointed out really well is we have the gospel. That's the reason why your feet are fitted with the gospel of peace, because it was Jesus that paid for your marble in my Buick Estateway. <laughs> we actually had one of those, too, and I love that rear seat that faced back. Oh, backwards. yeah, yeah, that was, if you could sit in the third seat, you know, you had privileges. But anyway, the, <clears throat> the idea is how do we get comfort from the comforter there? How do we, number one, we know intellectually that Jesus paid it all, but actually lifting that off, you know, it's, it's another thing. But the, the thing that poor Pinocchio ran into is you kind of look bad. And that makes you not want to just jump out there and tell everybody how, what's going on. Because, well, as Pinocchio puts it, you, you kind of look like a jackass. Or maybe it was Jimmy <laughs> and McCracken that said that. Yeah.
1: Go ahead. Make a fool of yourself. And maybe you'll listen to your conscience. What's the matter, slats? Losing your grip? So this is where I find you. How do you ever expect to be a real boy? Look at yourself. Snake. Playing poo. Oh! You are coming right home with me this minute. Hey. Who's the beetle? I'm to put me down. I'll get out of here. Come here. No. He's my conscience. He tells me what's right and wrong. What? You mean to tell me you take orders from a grasshopper? Grasshopper? Hey. Look here, you, you impudent young pup. It wouldn't hurt you to take orders from your grasshopper uh uh, your conscience if you have one. (laughs) Why, I'll take you apart and put you back together. Don't hurt him, Jiminy. He's my best friend. Why, I'll. Your best friend? And what am I? Just your conscience. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Go on, laugh. Make a jackass out of yourself. I'm through. This is the end. But, Jiminy, Lampwick says a guy only lives once. Lampwick. Hmm. Come on, come on. Let him go. Ah, ah. Where'd all the donkeys come from? How do you ever expect to be a real boy? What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. (laughs) Ah, ah. Hey. You laugh like a donkey. (laughs) Did that come out of me? Oh. Huh? What the? What's going on? (laughs) I've been double-crossed. Help! Help! Somebody
0: help! Yeah, and for those of us who saw that movie at the theater when we were kids, Jim, that was terrifying. Yeah. I mean that that island and the kids getting loaded on the boat, I mean that you know, that made an impact. And it's an interesting thing that there's a certain amount of reality <laughs> <laughs> that that happens as we're kids as we make those choices that you know, certain things happen to our actual character. As we begin to go into an agreement and and that's part of what I we, you know I was thinking about that we got to talk about the agreements that happened even as adults into some of the things that we did that we were younger where the t- accuser has got some stuff that he's gonna lay out on you at times but we got we got a little help from Jiminy Cricket we got a little help from the Vinnie vault coming up in the in the next segment uh, go to the MasculineJourney.org. Check out our boot camp coming up. We got so much more coming at you. Stay tuned. Are you wondering what God has for you in 2017? Well, one thing's for sure. I know he wants you to have your heart back. There is an opportunity for men that's coming up this April 6th through the 9th Listen to what it did for Andy.
2: Masculine Journey boot camp experience showed me that I could truly hear from God and that I could experience Him on a daily basis.
0: Only $169 or make five payments of $33. Go to masculinejourneyradio.org and register today. Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way you can go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that.
1: Then you can go to Facebook.com,
0: where you can click the Donate button. Or you can go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Once again, look for the Donate button. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to PO Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285.
1: Not just a little squeeze, fuck her up and blow. Mm -hmm. And if your whistle's weak, yell, Jimmy Cricket! take the straight and narrow path and if you start to slide give a little whistle give a little whistle and always let your conscience
0: be your guide. Yes, always let your guide. I don't know if we need to always let our conscience be their guide, but no doubt God gave us a conscious, Jim, so that, you know, to help us not end up, you know, like Pinocchio, getting loaded on a boat with a tail and a set of ears.
2: And our I always want my conscience to be the Holy Spirit. It isn't always because I've been able to rationalize some pretty awful things in my life and maybe in good conscience at times. But there are people that, you know, that for instance, as I said earlier in our conversation, you know, there are people that kill unborn babies in good conscience.
0: So that's obviously not the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and that's, that's a whole topic that we can take up another time because it, that just goes it could go forever. <laughs> yeah, you can go into that one. But the interesting thing we're, we're talking about today is how do we get peace with our own conscience? How do we get life from where we know we gave ourselves a death sentence? And, of course, we know that Jesus died for that. He paid for that intellectually is one thing. But how are you living down inside of that? Or are you living in the freedom of that? You know, a lot of times, and we, we talked about it right before the break, has to do with did you get in there and make an agreement? Did Satan start to accuse you that you were a thief or that you were a murderer or that you were this, and you can't let go of it? And that's a difficult process without the Holy Spirit.
2: My, uh, the agreement for me was that I was a thief. And then I rationalized, well, it's okay as long as I don't steal from people that it will hurt.
0: Ah, the Robin Hood thing. Yeah, <laughs> you can take I don't, from the rich. Kind of was <laughs> right. You got the yeah, the the, the Robin Hood code. But the, you know, and so there's challenges inside of that, and, and stuff that is actually a good place to go from my point of view, to begin to, in prayer, time alone with God, <clears throat> process through some of this stuff, and have a discussion with Him about some of those things so that you can see if there is some agreements in there that you can break those agreements and get Satan off your back because he would definitely love to accuse you because as we get older, Jim, things get a little messier. And uh, we've got a clip here from the Vinnie Vault because it was done in 1930. The movie was called um, All Quiet on the Western Front. And what's happening here um, is something beyond horrible, if you would Imagine that you're in a foxhole or in a trench like they were in in World War 1. Now we're not talking about World War 2, we're talking about World War 1 where they fought in trenches. And the hero of this happens to be a German soldier and I believe it was a French soldier that jumped into his trench with him. And of course you ended up with this hand-to-hand combat and he ends up killing this man right there in the trench with him, but then he's got to stay in the hole with him. This man that's dead and and this movie is more realistic than you would find most modern movies, oh, and yeah. they left his Bar- his eyes open so that you're sitting there looking at, and those of us who are aware of that, you know, people that are dead, their eyes are open, and so he's having to sit there and look at this man that he's killed, and as he begins the conversation that you're going to hear in the clip, he says he, he starts to make promises to the man that he's going to call his family, and he reaches inside his coat. I'm telling you this because you can't see it, and he finds a picture of the man... And his of of his wife and son. And I can't even imagine myself in that situation. I've just killed a man, and now I realize that he's got a wife and children. And and like you said, you've got things to consider. So here's from All Quiet on the Western Front, 1930,
1: the Vinny Vault. You know I can't run away. That's why you accuse me i tell you, I didn't want to kill you. tried to keep you alive. If you jumped in here again, I wouldn't do it. You see, when you jumped in here, you were my enemy. And I was afraid of you. But you're just a man like me, and I killed you. Forgive me, comrade. Say that for me, say you forgive me. Oh no, you're dead. You're better off than I am. You're through. They can't do any more to you now. Oh, God, why did they do this to us? We only wanted to live, you and I. Why should they send us out to fight each other? If we threw away these rifles and these uniforms, you could be my brother, just like Cat and Albert. You'll have to forgive me, comrade. I'll do all I can. I'll write to your parents. I'll write to... I'll write to your wife. I'll write to her. I promise she'll not want for anything. And I'll help her, and your parents too. Only forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. <laughs>
0: it's a beyond horrific situation, and apparently, um, this movie starred, according to Vinny, Lou Ayers was quite the hunk, and his mother was in love with him. <laughs> but uh, he was so affected by this role on All Quiet in the Western Front that when World War II started up, he was a conscientious objector, like the new movie out Hacksaw Ridge, and he ended up serving in the medical corps, which actually ruined his uh, Hollywood career because, you know, people thought of him as a coward and whatever. But he, it, the, this role, that situation affected him. Now, Jim, you were a police officer. And so I would imagine every police officer is facing that at some point in time they may be put in that position. But you had an incident that uh, really I would love for you to share how God um, – Helped you see some stuff inside yourself that really is something not all of us get to see.
2: It was a pivotal movement in my life because I I was one of these that thought men were basically good, and I thought I was good. And I didn't really see the evil, even though I was seeing it daily. But we had had a, a police officer killed in the line of duty on the day before that I was sitting in a parking lot across from the college of Charleston with two other officers. And he had been shot with his own gun and it basically was murdered. He was shot in the leg and then the guy walked off with his gun, the police officer's gun, then came back and shot him in the head and executed him. So as you can probably understand, we were all pretty upset and we were sitting talking about that when we heard a gunshot. And we all assumed we'd been fired at. And there was a student walking down the sidewalk across or out in front of the College of Charleston. We yelled at him to freeze and he did. But when he did, another student popped up from behind a car and started running. Well, we started pursuing him. And up to this point I'd always wondered, you know, can I really shoot somebody if I have to? And it and I'd come down with the well, if I'm just protecting me, maybe not, but if I'm protecting somebody else, I can do it. That was what I thought would happen in the situation. When I was put in the situation and I was chasing this kid that had taken a shot at us, or at least that's what we thought, I was ready to shoot him in the back as he ran away. And the only thing stopping me was our corporal was a little ahead of me and I didn't want to endanger him and I was sort of waiting for him to take the first shot because we all had our guns out and we were all ready to. Fortunately, this kid cornered himself quickly And if he'd have gone right and run down the street, he might have been shot. But he went left and cornered himself and surrendered immediately. And we found out that he hadn't shot at us. What had happened is he was drunk and uh, he had left something in a friend's car and he went down and smashed the back window out of the car to get his stuff. And it sounded like to us a gunshot. Every one of us would have sworn that we had been shot at.
0: Yet there you're left with this Reality in your mind, because you knew you were looking for a clear shot. Yeah, I was ready to kill
2: him, and that would have been one of these police stories that had ruined my life, his life, many others. So I praise God that he turned left instead of right. But it was uh, it, but it did show me the baser side of my own humanity,
0: and so realizing that we are there or or, you know um those issues of conscience obviously for Lou Hayes just through the movie experience led him to do that but if you go see Hacksaw Ridge the star of the movie I forgot his name I apologize but I know the reason why he became a conscientious objector was he almost killed his brother with a rock and I mean that guilt that came on from that you know, gave him a code that I'm not going to go past a certain point because I don't want to be in that, in that position again. But again, who knows where you know, God may have us at some point in time. But the good news is, number one, Jesus paid it all. There is the gospel. And even if you've had that thing like is in there, and some of these stories we've told today may bring up some things in you that you remember, and you went, wow, did I ever really get forgiveness for that? Well, Jesus paid enough, and the the Holy Spirit is the comforter. I mean, that's the reason why he came to help him, but you got to ask him, and you got to allow him to come in there and do some of that work, right, Jim? Yeah, and, and from that experience, it led me to the point of realizing I'm a sinner
2: in need of grace and saving. I was a carnal Christian at the time. I believed in God, but I'm not sure I knew Jesus then. But I thought I was a good person, basically. And that moment helped me realize, no, I'm not. And it was years later, but that was a significant point in my life where I realized that, you know, I'm not a good person.
0: And so when we look at this piece of armor that Paul gave us in Ephesians 6, in order to suit up, we, you know, you got the shield of faith and the belt of truth, which we talk about a lot, the belt of truth, not making agreements with Satan knowing that the truth is Jesus pay it all. But in order to get to that place of peace, it's not just a mind understanding what Jesus did. It's a heart thing. But also, if we can get to that place of peace, then in the battle that we now find ourselves in, this masculine journey, you are much more of a warrior when you got peace, right? A police officer being a peace officer <laughs> versus, you know, somebody that's angry and bitter. It's a completely different place, right, Jim?
2: Absolutely, Absolutely. It's, it's tough.
0: But they a formidable war warrior is at peace with the situation and those kind of things. Well, if we've intrigued you, we're hoping we did. We've got a boot camp coming up April 6th through the 9th. It's here in Davie County. Admission is $169. We would love for you to go register. Right now, MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Come join us April 6th through the 9th. Thank you for listening today. And we'll be back next week with Sam and hopefully Vinny.